This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. I'd like for you to take God's Word and go with me into the New Testament uh, to a passage of Scripture that should be familiar to our church uh, because in recent days we have been studying through this book. We've taken a little break. Uh, at the beginning of the year, we plan to finish this gospel, but it's the gospel according to Mark. And I want us to revisit Mark chapter number 4 this morning, Mark chapter number 4, and we'll begin reading in verse number 35. Mark chapter number 4, <clears throat> excuse me, and verse number 35. I was speaking to a neighbor uh, yesterday, and uh, we are close in age, and we were lamenting the fact that uh, just in the last year or two, we have uh, suffered from these seasonal allergies, and uh, I guess it is a sign of uh, my mortality that uh, all of this is coming, but I've struggled with that recently and uh, trying to work through it, so I appreciate your patience. We're in Mark chapter number 4 this morning and verse number 35. In the same day, when the even was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship. There were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him. And say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly. And said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? I want you to note, if you would please, in verse number 37, the Bible said there arose a great storm of wind. And I want to speak to you on the subject of the stormy sea. The stormy sea. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the instruction that we find in it. We thank you for the comfort that we find in it. And we thank you that as we come together as a church family in our homes and in various places where we may be viewing this live stream, I pray that as we have come together that we will recognize the fact that we 
have been seated together with Christ this morning in heavenly places. And so, Lord Jesus, we pray for your presence among us. We pray that we would be attentive to you. We pray that you would speak to us as one having authority. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would use uh, me and use those who are listening, that we might be submitted to you, that we might be filled with your power and your presence, that we might have understanding, that you would communicate to us the truths of the unsearchable riches of Christ found in the word of God. We ask this in Jesus' name, and for his sake we pray it. Amen. And no doubt about the fact that we are uh, in the middle of a storm in our nation and in our lives. We've seen disruption. Uh, we've seen the winds blowing, sometimes uh, contrary uh, to the other. We have seen the resulting waves as they've crashed in and filled people with great fear. We understand that there is uh, a great number of people who have been uh, smitten with and afflicted with the virus that uh, has made and dominated the news in our lives. We understand that there are many who have died uh, as a result of this virus. Uh, and then, of course, there are uh, the other uh, ramifications of the virus and how it has affected our lives and how it's affected our ability to live our lives. And we've been many, uh, many of us have experienced uh, through the stay-at-home orders, uh, uh, we've experienced a great change in our lives and in the pace of our lives. And uh, there is much fear that uh, people are filled with in these hours, uh, fear about uh, their health, fear about uh, the uh, economic impact of uh, the shutdown that we are now experiencing. Uh, there's great fear. But I want to say to you, as these disciples on board the ship were filled with fear, I want to say to you that the captain, the Lord Jesus Christ, if you know him, he's your captain. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He is the captain of our salvation. He's the captain of our soul. And if we're on board his vessel, then we can rest this evening assuredly knowing that he will take care of us. And so if you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior, know that you are not experiencing the storms of life on your own. You're not experiencing the storms of life uh, without a Savior and without a, a, a source of strength and a, without a deliverer. You have a deliverer. Now, if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior, then you are on the troubled seas alone. But I want to I give you some comforting words. Jesus Christ has come that you might know him and that he might save you from your sin. And if you will simply by faith call upon him and ask him to be your savior, 
he will save you. The Bible said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And as I mentioned a few weeks ago, when the Philippian jailer was faced with the question of his own uh, mortality and of uh, his eternity without God, he said, what must I do to be saved, to be saved from my sinful condition, to be saved from an eternity in hell? to be saved from the judgment of God. What must I do to be saved? And the answer came, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. If you've never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you. I want to, I want to urge you, do not delay, but believe on him today and he will become the captain of your life. Now, as we look at this passage of scripture, we see the disciples are on board the vessel or they're getting on board the vessel with Jesus. Notice what the Lord said to them in verse number 35. And the same day when even was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. Please do not lose the significance and the importance of those words. Perhaps they uh, did not pay close attention to those words at the time. Uh, but the Lord Jesus gave them a promise. Let us pass over unto the other side. If we know the Lord Jesus Christ is our savior, here is an assurance that we all have is that while we go through life and as we go through life, we can be assured that the captain will deliver us safely unto the other side. You know, uh, Mabel Pollard, who has been in the nursing home for a number of years. Uh, she is not someone who, as far as we know, we don't have any reason to believe that she had coronavirus. But while many are uh, occupied with the fears and the dangers and the storm of the coronavirus, Mabel Pollard endured physical suffering. And um, this earthly house, her body, uh, began to deteriorate. And then the other day, uh, she breathed her last breath here on earth and entered into the Lord's presence. And for a number of years, she's been in that nursing home, uh, heavily medicated because of the pain that she endured. Uh, no doubt, many lonely hours. And even when visitors would come, oftentimes, she would not have clarity and comprehension. There were moments like that that she would have clarity and comprehension, but there were many moments when she did not. You see, she was going through the storm. That's a storm that none of us ever want to go through, but that is a storm that many of us will go through. But Mabel was holding to this one truth, that she had got on board with Jesus and that though she was going through the storm, he was going to lead her safely to the other side. And let me tell you, he did. And now she's in his presence, a land of peace and bliss where there will be no more storms. But while we live upon this earth, we will endure the storms. And here we find the disciples out on the stormy sea but they're with Jesus. Now I want you to notice some things that we learn with Jesus on the stormy sea. Number one, the storm demonstrated their complete dependence upon him. Let me say that again. The storm demonstrated their complete dependence upon him. Notice again in verse number 37, and there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. 
Now here we find the disciples on board the ship. And as they're on the sea, and the Sea of Galilee is a place where the winds and the weather can change in any moment. And here the disciples find themselves in the midst of an awful storm. Now let me say this to you, as many as seven of the disciples of the 12, seven of them at least, were fishermen. They were experienced men who had been on those waters many times. No doubt they had faced many storms. They had seen just about anything you could imagine. But now with Jesus and the other boats that were with them, as they're sailing to the other side, a storm comes that is unlike any storm they had ever experienced. It is, it is a storm that is so powerful. It is a storm that was so sudden that they were not prepared for it. And even if they had been totally prepared for it, they were still unable to deal with the storm. It was more than they could possibly deal with. It was too much for them. That is the storm that they faced. And no doubt that we deal with things in our lives that are overwhelming to us. And this virus and how it has paralyzed the nation and how it has uh, gripped our hearts with fear and how it has physically uh, attacked people and, and numbers of people have died and Healthcare workers are pushed to the extremes and the government is, is putting uh, most of all of its resources in dealing with the virus and the ramifications of it. It just seems too much for us. Beyond our ability to control, it has disrupted our lives. It has removed us from our comfort zone. We can't even attend church together. And it's made us very uncomfortable. And it has brought us to an awareness once again, if we haven't been there before, that we must depend upon the Lord. Now, the truth of the matter is, before they ever entered into the ship, before the first wind and the first wave ever crashed against that boat, they already were in complete dependence upon the Lord. The fact is, though, they did not realize it and they did not recognize it as much until the storm came. And let me say this to you. The storms of our lives remind us and help us to understand that we must depend upon God day in and day out. The Lord taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. We must learn to depend upon the Lord. We must learn to look to him. The Spurgeon writing said this, let us not reckon upon the continuance of present ease. If there's ever a group of people who would reckon upon the continuance of their present ease, it's uh, the people of America. Uh, we have been blessed beyond measure and we have prosperity that the world has not known. And Spurgeon is saying to God's people, let us not reckon upon the continuance of present ease, nor fix our happiness upon the fickle weather of this world. What he's speaking of there is the, the comforts of this world and the pleasures of this world and the circumstances of this world. He said, let us be ready for changes 
so that come when they may, we shall not be afraid of evil tidings, our heart being fixed, trusting in the Lord. And so while an entire nation and an entire world filled with unbelievers and filled with believers go through this storm together, may we fix our hearts upon Jesus. May we allow this storm that is too much for us, may we allow this storm or any storm that may come to our lives to remind us that we are totally, completely dependent upon the captain. And so we see the storm demonstrated their complete dependence upon him. We see secondly this, the storm revealed his caring response to them. The storm revealed his caring response. Notice in verse number 38, and he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on the pillow and they awake him. And say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? The Lord Jesus, during his earthly ministry, worked tirelessly. He imparted his virtue to those who were in need. He healed them of their diseases. He taught them. There were very few moments in his life when he had solitude and reflection, when he had opportunity to take rest. And so we see the Lord Jesus, the Son of God, who had become a man, now weary because of his work, and he's asleep. No, no less in control, but he's asleep. So while the, while the winds are raging and, and the waves are crashing into the boat and the water is filling the boat and the disciples think this is it, we're going down, Jesus is still on board the ship. Now he's not active at the moment in the sense of he's not there present with them. He is present in the back of the boat, but he's not in the midst of the conflict with them. He's at rest. And let me just tell you where God is today. He's seated on his throne. He's not troubled. You say, well, does he not care? Oh, yes, he cares. And that is the mistake that the disciples made. Because when they did not see him, when, when they did not hear his voice in the present moment, they mistook that to say, don't you care? Carest thou not? that we perish? Oh, yes, he cares. The songwriter says, uh, when, when, the, when the, 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 the days are weary and the long night is dreary, I know that Jesus cares. When he, about to go to the cross, looked over the city of Jerusalem, the Bible said he wept. Uh, when he encountered a woman, a widow woman, who was weeping behind the coffin of her son. The Bible said he was moved with compassion. I want to tell you, friend, Jesus cares. He cares for those who are sick and dying. He cares for those who are financially distressed. He cares for those who are experiencing the great pain and suffering. 
of family traumas and relationship traumas. Uh, he is concerned about those who are gripped with fear in the midst of all of this. He is concerned with those who are sick. Let me tell you, Jesus cares. And though he may seem silent to you, though he may seem inactive to you, we can rest confidently in knowing that he cares. Remember in our reading this past week in the Psalms when David prayed uh, four times in two verses, how long, Lord? How long? How long? Lord, when are you going to intervene? When are you going to do something about this? And no doubt the disciples are wondering, wait a minute, where is Jesus? Well, someone says, he's in the back of the boat. Well, let's go get him. Why hasn't he come out? How long is he going to let this thing go on? How long will we continue in this path? So they go and they find Jesus and they awake him. Carest thou not that we perish? Then we note verse 39, and he arose. Let me tell you, friend, when you call upon him, he will hear you. Call unto me and I will answer thee, the Bible says. The psalmist said many, many times throughout the book of the Psalms, I cried unto the Lord and he heard my cry. Oh, David was a man who experienced difficulty. He was a man who sailed through many troubled seas. And his testimony is that he had never seen the righteous forsaken. Oh, listen, the Lord cares. He arose. He arose for these disciples. He rebuked the wind and said unto them, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. Now, we're looking forward to that time, aren't we? Especially in light of the current circumstances. We're, we're, we're looking for that to happen. But until then, let's just rest confidently knowing that the captain has everything under his control. And he cares. Consider that he was present in the ship. Now, we go through storms, as I said a moment ago. But the greatest storm that anyone will ever face is the storm of the consequence of their sin. The fact that we are sinners. It's not the fact that necessarily that, that we act as sinners, speaking of the deeds that we do. But we need to recognize that more than the action is the condition that we have. We have a sinful condition. And that sinful condition manifests itself in different ways in different people and their actions and their attitudes. But the fact of the matter is, is that deep within all of us, we have a problem. It's a sin problem. And the greatest storm that anybody will ever deal with is the consequence of their sin. The Bible says this, it is appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. You see, for the lost man, the unsaved man, the, the one who has not put his faith and trust in Christ, this storm only gets worse. There's a far worse storm on the horizon. Someone asked me this week, Pastor, do you see, uh, do you see the events of our current situation in biblical prophecy? How do you believe all of this uh, falls into place. And I, I said to, to that person, I said, well, I certainly believe that this could be indicative of things that are developing, but this is nothing compared to what will happen in the great tribulation. 
the judgment upon this world and the judgment that sinners will face in a place called hell for all eternity is not even worthy to be compared to what difficulties we deal with here now. And so we're going into this storm and though many don't realize it, Jesus sees it and he came to this earth for you and I. He got, he became a man so that he could fulfill the righteous demands of a holy God. And he did. He obeyed his father. He uh, was sinless and fulfilled the law in every point. And he went to the cross. And there on the cross, he suffered the storm for you and I. He hung upon the cross being made sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God. He took the death, the shame, the sorrow, the illness, the betrayal, the pain. He, he took the temptation. He took all of it, the loneliness, crying out to God, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Every pain and every trouble and every toil that humanity could ever face, including the billows of God's wrath upon our sin, he took for us on the cross. He endured the storm for us. But on the third day, he came out of the grave victorious and there was peace and we could all be still. And all we must do to experience this peace, all we must do to get in on board this vessel is put our faith and our trust in the loving Lord Jesus who bore the brunt of the storm for you and I and came out a victor on the other side. And we can share in that victory when we put our faith in him. I want to tell you, Jesus cares. He cares so much for you. Will you believe upon him? And dear believer, if you're dealing with troubles and stripes in this world and you feel forsaken and you feel like nobody cares, let me remind you that Jesus cares. Call on him and trust upon him. I think of the words of Charles Spurgeon who wrote, Beloved, can you not believe in a silent God? Do you always need tokens from God? Must you be petted like a spoiled child? Is your God of such a character that you must mistrust him if his face is veiled? Can you trust him no further than you can see him? Oh, the Lord teaches us to trust him through the storm. That brings me to a third thought, and that is this. The storm revealed his glory to them. The storm revealed his glory. Now, uh, in the storm, he arose and he rebuked the winds and the waves and said, peace be still. And all at once, in just a moment, at the sound of his voice, the sea settled and the winds ceased. It was as if there had been no storm before. All was right. In verse number 40, he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared him exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea 
obey him. Uh, having silenced the literal tempest, Jesus uh, turned his attention to the winds of fear and the waves of faithlessness that had been raging in their hearts. You see, these disciples were growing in their apprehension of Jesus and in their comprehension of him. And they had much yet to learn, and so do we, don't we? You may say, well, I've been saved for 20 years or 30 years or 40 years. Yes, that may be true, and thank God if it is. Uh, maybe you would say, I've only been saved for a short time. The grateful thing, the glad thing, is that we can say we are saved. But though we've been saved, whether for a short time or even for a long time, the truth of the matter is we're still discovering the glory of our God. We have much to learn about him. And it is through the storms of life that God reveals to us his majesty and his glory. It is through the storms of life when we recognize how much we depend upon him, when we see how much he cares for us, we learn about our inability to trust him. We learn about his ability to meet our needs and we begin to see his glory. And so there's great joy that can come in our lives and out of our hearts when, when, or can fill our hearts rather when, when we understand more and more about Jesus. Now, Paul said this. He said, he said, here is the goal of my life. Here's the thing I'm trying to accomplish. I want to know him. Paul said his prayer, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Well, that's what we all want, isn't it? We want to have victory over life and victory over sin and victory over temptation and victory over, over the trials of life. We want to live in victory. But Paul said this, he said, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto death. The storms teach us about ourselves and reveal to us our sin, but it reveals to us, more importantly, the glory of God. I think of what the prophet said he, he, when he saw the Lord high and lifted up. Woe is me, for I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. Isaiah said, though I'm a prophet, though God is using me, I understand that even, even the things that I'm saying on God's behalf oftentimes come out of a heart that is filled with the inabilities and incapability of a sinful flesh. Woe is me. I'm undone. God wants to reveal to us his glory. And as we see his glory, we see our need for him. Let me encourage you this morning. No storm is beyond his control. The sleeping captain had power over the stormy conditions. And we must learn to trust him in the storm. And oftentimes, it takes more than one storm for us to learn that, doesn't it? Storm after storm after storm. And we respond the same way, time in and time out. And the Lord is trying to teach us to look to him and rest in him. 
in the storms. And maybe you're going through them now. We're all going through this coronavirus storm, but there are storms that you're dealing with that are just particular to your life. The clouds, the winds have gathered in your life. The waves are crashing into your vessel. Spurgeon writing says, my dear brothers and sisters, do you know that sometimes God works a greater wonder when he sustains his people in trouble than he would if he brought them out of it? He said, I want my storm to end. Spurgeon reminds us that God does a greater miracle when he sustains us in it than he would if he brought us out of it. For him to let the bush burn on and yet not be consumed is a grander thing than for him to quench the flame and to save the bush. <laughs> now, don't lose the significance of that statement. He says, for him to let the bush burn, speaking of the burning bush that Moses saw in the wilderness, for him to let the bush burn on and yet not be consumed <laughs> is a grander thing for him to quench the flame and so save the bush. Now, you say, I'm ready for the fire to be over. I don't know how much more I can stand, but yet the bush is not consumed. Your life is not consumed. God will sustain you. He will strengthen you. He will see it through. He's on board the ship. Now see his glory and his majesty. I'm glad that I'm on board the vessel with Jesus. So the question comes, why are ye so fearful? And the answer comes, because I don't have my eyes on you. Because I'm full of myself and I'm full of sin. Because I'm trusting in the world or in my treasures, or in my health, or in my comfort, or in the things that I delight in, and not in you. And so, when confronted with the glory of Jesus, there's another fear that comes to us, a reverence and awe of him that makes us say with the disciples in verse 41, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? I'll tell you what manner of man he is. He's the son of God. The son of God who promised to take you to the other side. The son of God who invited you into the ship with him. The son of God who bore the brunt of the storm for you and offers you everlasting life if you'll call upon him. The son of God who wants to reveal his glory to you and cause you to trust him and to know him more. Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used his word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.